Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches feet just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. All right, welcome to the Enemy of the Good. I'm the Captain. I'm Tootsie. And we have a special guest with us tonight. You're going to get here. You're going to know him as the Brain. Hey, y'all. The Brain is our smartest friend. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, no, low bar. <laughs> yeah, very low bar, but he still qualifies. And that uh, of a boy, he no. is here to do a special function today because he knows a thing or two about brains. Just a thing or two. Just a thing or two. Not a lot. Not a lot. So uh, this is our first enemy podcast in a while. So I know you guys have probably been missing us. Um, you probably dropped. We've dropped off your feet, I'm sure, at this point. But uh, we've been on we've been on the fifth now, so do listen there if you still like NFL. Um, it hasn't totally gone away yet. So We're making a comeback. Making a comeback. Uh, so today we actually went to see Spider Man No Way Home. Yep. And we're gonna recap that. So there will uh, we're be spoilers. Give, as always, all spoilers, no warnings. So there you go. But we're going to do it with a little bit of a twist because we made a bunch of predictions before the movie, just kind of spitballing, throwing stuff out there. So it'll be like a score recap. And then uh, after that, we're going to discuss a little bit about the psychology of superhero movies and what happens and, and how it, uh, you know, what, what, what drives these characters, what happened, what's their trauma, what's their issues. And that's what we have the brain for because the captain and I don't know what we're talking about. You give yourself not nearly enough credit. <laughs> Y'all know what you're talking about with comic books. <laughs> well, with that, I mean, but when it comes to like properly psychoanalyzing people, I'm just like, no, nah, crazy, not crazy. Okay, so the easy predictions, of course, were Andrew Garfield, Tom McGuire show up. Uh, we did predict a Madam Web. That did not happen. That, that was my personal prediction because I thought Aunt May may actually turn into Madam Web. Uh, let's see, both. Of them showing up together. We got it. William Defoe got it. Uh, actually, physically acts. Yes. We thought it was just going to be a voiceover, but we were like, no, he's going to act. Um, Electro becomes a good guy and stays in the universe. Nope. MJ falls and be saved. Yes. By Andrew Garfield, Spider Man. Yes. Yes. Captain predicted that one. Ooh. Evil Doctor Strange. We got it in the second part of the. The second uh, post credit scene. Yep. Post credit. But it basically is like, oh yeah, if you watched um, the What If, you see the evil Doctor Strange there. So we already got old primer for that one. Uh, let's see. Dormammu did not make an appearance, so we lost that one. Uh, and Hadi survives. Sadly, no. Oh, so sad. That's the first major spoiler. Uh, Peter walks in on Ant Man, happy having sex. We were. Slightly wrong, Aunt May, and we got the tension and the awkwardness right. 
but the, the circumstances. No, yeah, it was the slow words. I heard the, <laughs> the old folks walk in on the young ones. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that too. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, Ned will remain his sidekick. No, no. we'll explain why if you didn't see that. Venom will be established. Yes. Yep. Well, if you were paying attention to spoilers, you knew that. I didn't because I don't. I hate spoilers. <laughs> Tobey Maguire will die. If we were halfway right. He got stabbed again. Tends to happen. Uh, let's see. Will again. It, it will tie into Loki divergence. No. No, we whiffed on that. Surprisingly, no. So that was our thing. We got 11, 11 and a half out of eighteen. So. <laughs> Just a trigger over sixty three percent. Yeah, but uh, we did better than coin flip. Not much. I, I say we won. <laughs> I mean, all bullshit aside, the Madam Web one, we never had much hope for. We rolled a seven on a D twelve. The the electro the electro being a good guy, I never really had a, a lot of hope for. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, Dormammu showing up. No, that's more of a that's a Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange thing. thing. The Titans with Loki. Yeah, that, that one could have happened. That one I thought was really going to be. But part it's not of time. It. It's not a time travel trip. It's no, a, but I, a, I really thought. But it was a with the whole divergence with right. the multiverse. I really thought that was going to happen. I really thought we were going to get something that tied in Loki. The Electro Redemption arc. We missed the character, but we knew it was going to be happening. Yeah. Somebody, yeah, and we even actually changed the character because we actually picked the we actually picked Doctor Octopus first, and then we scratched it out and went with Electra. And this goes back to what we're talking about—the psychology of heroes and superhero characters and right. stuff it's like just, that. It's messed up because it's like you have all the normal shit of life, and then you have like people who can bench press trucks and teleport and, and shoot electricity and make yeah. people do stuff with their minds. Yes, and, but like with the whole Doc Ock thing, if you go back to the Toby verse, right? Yeah, you know, he was originally a good guy, and then once mm-hmm. his little brain chip pride that turned him to the bad guy. Yes, because he was now being controlled by the tentacles. Yes, right. And that was the whole reason that he was evil was because of the tentacles. And actually, at the end of Spider Man Two, he actually had a redemption there because he pulled the reactor thing down with him into the the thing. So the so water river, just yes. darker right. impulses of right. the tentacles. So, in this universe, Otto Octavius has always been a good guy. The tentacles are what makes him the bad guy. Okay, now that here's was. an over-under for the crew. When we, the next movie, when Ned and MJ, MJ are at MIT, mm-hmm. there is a Dr. Octavius. At MIT. At MIT. And it's probably going to be female, like Into the Spider-Verse one. I would like that. I could see that. Yeah. And the only one who would know about this would be Peter. Peter. Because yeah. they don't, at, at the end of the movie, they get memory wiped and they don't remember. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about shit. the neuralizer spell. Yeah. Okay. So the whole thing starts off with the neuralizer spell and it finishes with the neuralizer spell. Okay. So it's not just a cure all, though. And this is where I always, when time travel is involved <laughs> and when like uber powerful magicians are involved, I always caution because it's easy to deus ex machina all shit, right? It's easy that magic can fix everything and time time travel especially. I especially hate time travel because it can fix everything. That's why you're not a fan of Doctor Who. That is correct. (laughs) Um, Even though he doesn't fix anything. (laughs) That is also correct. And that's where I think Loki 
the way they did it with Loki, I think was the best that I've ever seen it done, except for maybe Terminator Two. I mean, okay. are you really knocking? Are you really knocking time travel? And you're not going to say anything about Back to the Future? Yes, those were actually terrible when it comes to the the theories, but they were great oh. movies. Okay. Well, the <laughs> thing about like time travel, but what you're they're, talk- they're two different versions of time travel, right? So Back to the Future basically is the you can never you can never interact with your you can interact with your past and still erase yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's not multiverse. It's not multiverse. It's no. It's, it's, it's linear. linear. It's linear timeline. <laughs> yeah. It's that linear. if you change, you can actually erase yourself from existence. <laughs> then there's the Marvel comic cartoon verse mm-hmm. where if you go back in time, you step outside of time. Yes. And you can create a divergent timeline, but you don't erase yourself. No. Then you still can't. There's other timelines where you can't, like literally, can't go back and interact with your. Yeah, but- and this is where I literally start to get migraines. Right, right. Thanks. But even with Terminator, though, I mean, it's, it's linear because actually you can't change anything in Terminator. No matter well, how many times you go back in the but future. That's the, that's the whole in the thing past, in Terminator. You it's can't saying change that, anything. It's saying that Skynet is inevitable and right. AI that decides humanity is obsolete is inevitable, yeah. Yeah. which is what the you're fighting against the inevitable, which that's what the Terminator movies are about. And that's okay. what Doctor Strange talked about in this movie, where he was talking about it is their fate to die in the grand scheme of things. Their sacrifice is worth more than their lives. Yes, he's the very yes. he's, the, he's the predetermined voice. Yeah, in this yes. stuff, even though this is all his fault, and it is, it is. But that's okay. So, because he helps fix it. But at the end of the day, it's yeah. you know this movie was one of the best I think so far in the MCU. I agree with that. And I was a little concerned about the direction the MCU may go. With the way they tell stories, but this kind of put that aside. This I'm still very concerned. I mean, this is a great I mean, story. This this phase this was of one Mar- of the best. Yeah, ones. but this phase of Marvel, we still really have no idea where we're headed, and it can turn to shit really fast because there's so much more product and so much more property for them to put out there and pressure. Yeah, yeah, because lots, I mean, lots of pressure. We as fans, we're like, oh, we want oh, the X Men now. We yeah. don't give a shit. We want, we want more Fantastic Iron Man Four. level of awesomeness right. in our movies and Avenger level awesomeness in our movies and. But they're gonna if they rush it, they're going to they're gonna and, and that's what Marvel's they're gonna, good they're at. Gonna make, they're gonna make the new characters not as flushed out as, as the well. old. But that's what good that's what Marvel's good at, right? So I mean, we saw that with the original first three phases, four phases. They don't rush it. They give no. you the story no. and they just come. Like that movie was it. almost three hours. It did not feel like it. So far, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. It was the move. But where Marvel, where the Marvel's really winning at right now, though, is that they have the the other outlet of Disney Plus, right? So they can do that. We've talked about this several the times episodic, on the fifth yeah. out, That to me, the episodic is, is it's the best way to, to me, tell it's the way better story. for my characters, right? Yeah. So like right now, Hawkeye's going on. So right, Hawkeye can't carry a movie on his own, right? But, but he can carry. A he can carry. A, he can carry a forty-five minute. Six episode show, yeah, which technically you're getting about five hours worth of content and high quality content, exactly. And it's really good, yes. <laughs> the same thing with WandaVision, yeah. Was I mean, it, however many talk, talk about a psychological radical, dude. Great explanation on grief, grief, yes. With WandaVision, I have not personally seen it, but everybody who's talked about it, you it's it is an arc in grief. Every, every episode 
is, is a different stage of grief. Yes. You see your notepad you filled up? Yes. You're going to fill up an entire notepad. Now, the Absolutely. first few episodes are a little campy because they're basically like a, a throwback to I Love Lucy yeah, but it, and but it still the Dick Van Dyke every, show. But it still falls in every and level least, of grief, every yes, stage of yes. grief. And the first two episodes, first one's denial, 100%. It's about not. Yes. Right? Yep. So, I mean, so, it just progresses on through the different stages of grief. Okay. Yeah, okay, but back back to No Way Home. Okay. And, all right. So right here we're talking about Spider Man. Right. right. Yes. Classic Spider Man. His mother and father were never in his life. He was right. raised by his loving and pretty awesome uncle and, and aunt. And uh, smart geeky kid. We can all relate to that in this room. Um. So the at least the geeky part. Then uh, he loses his uncle, who was his father figure. All right. This is shortly after he gets his powers by whatever means he. So uh, Spider-Man, he has the whole story, right? We all kind of know the Spider-Man story. Aunt and uncle raise him. Um, new iteration, uh, he isn't raised by his uncle. He's just raised by his aunt. aunt. Yep. aunt yeah. Um, now, this is a this is a divergent from the Tobey Maguire and Andrew and Garfield Spider-Man, which were faithful to the original thing, which is good. Yep. But now I knew that I was ready for a different version. And as I go through these films, versions of, of characters, I want something different now. And, and Marvel is giving. And it's good. I yep. want different and I want good. And Marvel can do it. Disney, say what you want about them on many a front. <laughs> okay. Their parks are too expensive. They're whatever. Okay. But on the Marvel. On the, on the Marvel side, on the Pixar side. They have. They can tell you a story like nobody's business, and that have never lost the art of storytelling. And they're yeah. figuring it out on the Star Wars side. Like, oh yeah, they get rid of those three movies, and they figured well, well, out storytelling. That's because they got rid of the corporate right people but, who don't even care about the property. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the episodic nature of giving a miniseries or giving a series yes. of episodes to kind of develop those characters and those stories over time. But I mean, time. there's a reason that we watch the cartoons every weekend for X-Men. There's a reason we watch the cartoons every weekend for like Iron Man, right? It was, we, we kept coming back to it because that's how you tell those stories. Yes. Right? You can tell like a little bit of a story here, a little bit of a story there. You know, you have the cliffhanger usually between the seasons. Yep. You know, same thing with like Star Trek and 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 uh, you know it was just this episodic we we as a society that we also have a shorter attention span too so i agree but um, i think i think that's why i think, I think the episodic is, works better too this is changing it though i think streaming is actually lengthening our attention span i'd love to see a study on oh i'm going to disagree I, i'm going to disagree because you, you sit there no you sit there and you binge I don't. all day and weekend streaming may depending on what they do and how we watch um Facebook, TikTok, Instagram are not. This is true. Because this is true. those are giving us incredibly short bites of incredibly high levels of endorphins that we like. To give us the like. Give me the like. Give me the like. Give me the, the, like. give me the, give me the so attention. Maybe streaming could do something like that. But again, that, that gets But not like home. reading a book. No. Nothing it, like it, reading a book. No. It is reading a book is an active um, activity. Watching a show is a passive activity because yes. in reading a book, you actually have to create in your mind what you are reading on the page. Yes. And actually, reading a book book, uh, yes, is better than reading, reading a, a Kindle, Kindle book or a tablet book. Yeah, yes. I do entirely too much reading on because I think there was a study that I, I can't reference it because I don't know, but I, I read this a long time ago. It's like 
your brain, the way your brain works, when you turn, when you physically turn the page on the book, it's long enough for your brain to remember and process what you just finished reading. Whereas on a tablet, when you swipe, you're automatically on the next page and you're back at it. Your brain hasn't had the time to absorb that information. And our ability to learn is limited by our biology. No matter Explain. how good our technology is, Explain. you have so many neurons in your brain. Now, that number changes over lifetime with neural blooms and die-offs and um, the condition and the level of your environment and what level you're trying to live on. If you're just surviving, you're probably not going to learn calculus very well. See, now. that's why I drink, though, to kill off their weaker brain cells. <laughs> yeah, to keep those work. guys. <laughs> I wish to keep that the strong ones good to go. If it worked, we'd have evidence of that. <laughs> we don't. So... Um, the brain, your neurons are going to fire at whatever capacity they can. Now, we see with studies with dementia, with Alzheimer's, as the neurons lose certain coatings and gain certain plaque and do all sorts of stuff, that firing is thrown off, slowed down, redirected. So that kind of stuff can happen. But there's a finite speed by which any given two neurons can cross messages across the synapse. And we're getting a little deep into it right there. But it also has to do with the distribution and reuptake of the chemicals Ooh, in, that like it deep here. in the synapse so that the neurons can all fire off. Now, it happens faster. We're doing that right now. It happens faster than we could probably see. But, you know, there's guys much smarter and geekier, geek, guys and gals, much smarter and geekier than us that have done study after study after study after study showing, no, no, this is what's happening with neurons and this is what we see. But there is a limit right now to our biology about how fast we can actually see what we're doing. Um, now, oh yeah, vis visually you have like your 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 brain cuts out so much information, like ninety percent of the stuff you take in for your conscious brain because it would like overload you. Absolutely, <laughs> that's why a lot of what we do is all automatic. The limbic system automatically reacts to stuff. But this is also gets into subliminal messaging. The tones that we cannot actively hear, but we hear on a certain level. Um, and musicians have been doing a great, and we're getting off topic, but musicians have been doing a great thing right now, or lately, or maybe forever now, playing certain tones that make us uneasy. We don't recognize, or at least the vast majority don't recognize, that tone right there is why I'm uneasy while I'm watching this horror movie. No. We attribute it to the pea soup or the giant machete or something. No, it's actually the conductor wherever in the back hitting certain tones in certain ways that actually work with our brain to say well, like they, there's, they there's, do that everywhere, there's, though. There's, yes. They do there's, it. there's frequencies hold on, hold on. of Wait. things. Like, yes. yes. <clears throat> what, what he's talking about, they do in a casino, right? Oh, so yes. The slot machines play on a certain tone that make you happy. Major chords are beautiful. Right. And they make you more willing to want to yes, put up more money. They and jack the oxygen level up to 30%. That, yes. You, that's, yes. But that's why they jack the sound up on the slot machines like so you if can I'm hear winded, them throughout the casino. If I'm winded downtown, I'll walk into the casino and just breathe for a few minutes. Yeah. Especially now that you can't smoke at a casino. All right, so let's let's roll back on topic here. Right, we're, yeah, we, we just told, we just spent like I mean, three I, minutes. I know, I know, this is why we call them brain, folks. I know what he doesn't understand is that this is what we do here. We go off topic <laughs> and we barely ever get back to it. But okay, so you know, let's psychology try to stay is a superhero movie. So psychology is a superhero movie. Um, all right, it's so, evolved. It, it is absolutely evolved, and it's not okay because what we call superheroes, those are not people. They are legends. They are legends and myths that help us figure out stuff in life. Yes. So we have a down underdog who by a twist of fate gets bitten by a radioactive spider 
Right. Um, where you and I would have died from leukemia or whatever you know, hey, shortly you know, thereafter. I'll take my chance. Yeah, he gained super speed. He has his spider tingle thing. Some of them can produce plumbing. Some of them can't. The Peter tingle. Uh, yes, he's incredibly, he heals incredibly <laughs> fast. He's incredibly resilient. He gains all these benefits, all right? Yes. Um, to quote somebody from the movie, you are a god, and gods don't ask, they take. Yes. All right. So this is what we're talking about whenever we're talking about the psychology of a superhero. It, it is a new form of deity. Yes. In a, in a lot of ways. And Absolutely. This is where, like, anyway, it gets like a little metaphysical and a little quasi-religious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, but we tend to look up to that because it's an idea. Yes. Right. So Spider-Man represents an ideal. He represents the ideal of, I, I would say, self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no hero. In all of maybe Batman, who embodies self-sacrifice more than Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I'll, I would even go so far as to say Spider-Man possibly even more because he's not nearly as rich. Yes. Well, I mean, we should have figured out. I mean, you know, the quote, right? With great, great power, power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Okay. And as soon as the person says that, they die. So I don't know why they would ever say that in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying it. I mean, Aunt May said it, and then like it's like the guy in the movie dead. that shows up and says, "Follow me, I'll get you out of here." You know no, he's dead. Guy, don't follow right? that guy. Yeah, yeah. But again, in universe, you don't realize that. If you ever hear somebody in your life say, "With great power comes great responsibility," run. Do not stay around that person, or be ready. You're about to get superpowers <laughs> and do all sorts of crazy. I, I am. I am. Look, like I'm not. I'm. I'm a little, I'm against human, unethical human trials of, of medications, okay? And medical treatments, I am. But if there's a chance I could get superpowers, and, like, like, and I'm like, it's like, hey, you got stage four cancer. Let's see. I mean, it works for Deadpool. Let's roll the dice. Yeah, let's see what happens. Again, he had stage four cancer and he took a medical role and now he's Deadpool. There you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I mean, that's an, oh God. Yep. So psychology of a yes, hero dealing yes. with this. There's heroes and like we'll come back to Deadpool later. They're not quite <laughs> gods because in mythology gods are pretty static. Yes. Apollo doesn't really change. Zeus doesn't really change. Zeus is always Zeus. He's a evil horn dog that does what he does. Zeus is reliable in that way. And shoots lightning bolts out of his ass. Yes. yes. That's, that's right. The characters are really like the heroes. Peter Parker. Um Doctor Strange, Doctor Octavius. Yes. Electros. Because yes. you can't have heroes without talking about villains. That's okay. what makes a hero. That's it. So we, we like in Spider-Man, Spider-Man always has this. It's uh with great power comes great responsibility. And he has to decide. I just scoot it over. Am I am I going to be responsible? Because every time, right? Peter Parker gets big by a spider, Uncle Ben dies, and then Peter Parker goes looking for vengeance. Yes. Okay. You can be a hand of justice or a hand of vengeance, but you can't be both. Correct. All right. Again, that's our belief. That's our myth, our legend. That's how we kind of go. So Spider-Man consistently, at least most consistently, chooses to be um, responsible. Be good. I am yeah. not going to kill this person, but, even if they have without its failings, right? So, and that's the thing. That's, like, and that's what I think Marvel as a whole, since its inception, has done really well, better than DC. I, I would agree with they that. They have built human, Char- human characteristics. They, these people have risen, they have fallen, they have succeeded, but they have failed. 
Yes. Sometimes in spectacular ways, oh, right? Oh, this movie. Like, like think uh -oh. about Professor X. All the time he's oh. mind-wiped people completely unethically and it came to bite him in the ass. Yes. Whole like at least At yes. least three comic arcs about that. Yes. And he in, continues to do it. Yes. Because he's old and doesn't change. <laughs> <laughs> and we like to Aren't hear we these all? things. Yes. We like Magneto to has had more character growth than Charles Xavier. Yes. In every iteration. And... Yeah, I mean, I, because Magneto has always gone from villain, well, not necessarily villain, antagonist, because antagonist can be, look, either or. When, okay, when Genosha shit happened, Magneto was right. Just saying. That, I'm, I'm just saying. He had you, a point. You commit genocide, it's over with. He had a point. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 I'm going to crash a meteor into the earth and just reset everything. And, yeah. You know, in the vast majority of those iterations, like talking about with Magneto, for those of you that don't know Magneto, go Wikipedia this stuff. He was a mutant who wanted a place for his people, mutants. Yes. And he was willing to go to any length. It was, it was yeah, I mean, the mutant, well, the mutant story is a mirror of the civil rights movement. Yes. And that's when, when Stan Lee wrote all that back in the day and all the other authors that helped him, they mirrored the civil rights movement because they just lived through it. Yes. Yes. And that was a way to tell that story. Yes. And, and, and give it to a young audience who never saw it play out in real life, thankfully. Yes. Because that hasn't been really hard. Um, but to Spider-Man, Spider-Man has always been the underdog, right? He, he's mm -hmm. always been the... Like, how do you use this great power you're given? Because if you want, like, Spider-Man is one of the few heroes that if he decides to go all out, there are very few people that can stop him. He is so strong, and his genius he's not level like, intellect. He's not like the Hulk, right? No. So there's a difference. And this is like Kyle Hill goes through this shit all the time on Because Science mm -hmm. on the YouTube channel. So Hulk's huge. His fists are huge. Right, so the the impact area is wider. wider. Yes, so the pressure is distributed. Yes, so the pressure is distributed. But Peter in Spider Man, he has normal human fists, but is punching per square inch as much or more than the Hulk. Yes, because he has a strength of the spider compared. At least if, if, yes. he were, if he were to not hold his punches back, every time he hits somebody, pieces go missing. Yes. Like, if he would punch you in the shoulder, it would rip your entire arm off. Or if he would punch you in the head, he would go right, right through. through it. Like a like Gallagher in a watermelon. Yes. Okay. Damn. So Just, that's what we're dealing with with Spider-Man here. Yes. Is this gift of, you know, phenomenal cosmic power. But Spider-Man <laughs> Spider is choosing because he knows what he could do. He's choosing, I need to stay in my itty bitty living space. So stuff's going to go off the rails. Yes. Now, we talk about like, where did he get this from? Did he get it like just naturally? Was he born with this or was it because of his raising? All right, we're not, that's not necessarily where we're going with, with these stories right here. But it may have a hand no, in raising them. It, it, it is. His upbringing was important, but it's the choices he made after the fact because he got his powers very young. Yeah, yes. all, but, but you have to go through everything, though. You have to go through the loss of his parents, no yeah. matter how you look at it. There's yes. always that there. Yep. And then the raising by Aunt May and That's Slash Uncle Ben, ben. And, and previous kind of that quasi, two Spider-Man. And he's and always gotten his powers in that quasi-rebellious, you know, Teen, like 15, 16, yep. 17 years. And this one was the first time they actually referenced the fact that he was bitten by a spider to get his powers in, in the way yeah. home. That was the first time, you know, at least Tom Holland's Spider-Man. You right. see it in the other two. 
This, but we're it was beyond just the point where we here. need origin story, right? Practice. But I mean, they actually referenced a lot of the origin, right? So we yep. didn't we didn't get to see an awful Ben situation because apparently he never existed in this in Tom Holland's Hollandverse. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I forgot where I was going with this. I lost my train of thought. So Jesus, you, well, how you were talking about there dealing with Spider Man. We're talking about right. the, it's the upbringing. upbringing, but then the loss. Right. But I mean, yes, you still but, but we talk about that because, I mean, with Tom Holland, I'm sorry, I'm back on my, my track here. There you go. With Tom Holland, he, he, he had the loss twice, actually. I mean, Tony Stark. he lost Tony Stark, who was actually, to me, was more of his uncle Ben because he helped yeah. bring him through his yeah. the Avengers after, phase. The Avengers phase of getting him there, like getting the beat. Like, mm-hmm. you have these powers. You can help more than just your neighborhood. Let's be better know, than me. This is what you can do. And, but yes, in the same sense, be a better person than I am. And that's what he got from Tony. And, you know, he suffered that loss. And then in this one right here, you get Aunt May to go, you know, with great power, comes great responsibility, and then croaks. Yes. And let's look at Aunt May for a second. This was not a character who had a lot of power. She worked no. at a soup kitchen for the homeless, it looked like. Yes. And yes. she helped to raise Spider-Man. Now, yes, you could say the person raising Spider-Man does have a lot of indirect power. Yeah, I'll give you that. But like Aunt May herself. But she was the unwavering Godstone, right? Yes. She was like the epitome like, of moralistic. Uh, the, like everybody can be saved. Right. You saw like it. A moral I mean, that, that was her thing in this movie was yeah. to make sure that everybody was saved. Of like a moral absolute. Yes. Like, yes. No, we don't cross that line. Because what happens when we cross that line? No, we don't. No, because we don't cross that line. It's like Batman, right? He's gone so close, but he doesn't. He has Alfred, so Alfred keeps him from crossing the line. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, if are you ever to lose Alfred? That would most likely result in the codgery old Bruce Wayne right. I so often see in yes. the futuristic arcs or things like Batman Beyond or whatever, right? So same thing with, with Spider-Man. We've seen, we've, seen a, we've seen a bunch of Spider-Man, like old Spider-Man comics, and he's just miserable. Yes. Right? Because it's always him, his life. He lost Mary Jane because she couldn't keep living that life. They never had kids. He just ends up this old guy, balls hanging out. On a so I'm I'm not kidding you. That's the, that was the comic. Yeah. That was the comic. Um, and, and I mean, you have or like in Into the Spider Verse, you know, where that, where um, old man Peter, you know that yeah. that Spider Man dies, but then there's another Spider Man who's also just kind of in that stage, right? Yes, and almost like Tobey Maguire, kind of the way he stepped in. Mm-hmm. And so in there, we're talking about something like a redemption arc or this growth. We have to see somewhere in there. So, okay. Talking about redemption arcs, uh, you're going to hear on the fifth down a redemption arc from these two gentlemen. Uh, but it's not going to get there for redemption arc. Um, um, so, Spider-Man experiences his loss, mm-hmm. and like, so we're talking about character development and psychology here. Anytime any of us are going to go through a tremendous loss, we lose one of our most important top three people in our life. Could be our parents, could be our girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband. Um, I always say this to people. Um, I know we don't have a word for uh, people who lose their children. If you lose your parents, you're an orphan. If you lose your husband or wife, widow, you're a widow, widow, or a widow. Yeah. we don't have a word in English for losing your children. Losing your child. 
We, that, we, we have different versions of it. Like we have gold star families or angel moms. Or, but that's all a relatively new phenomenon. That's yeah, Hallmark. That's, yeah. that's in the past like yeah, decade that, that, that's or so. Of, that's more that really of Hallmark creation than psychological Until like we went, until we started going to war in the Middle East. That, it, all right, there we go. Yeah, so Could be gold star families that. came. Now, other cultures, other languages? I have no idea. But for us, we're talking about Spider-Man. He is an orphan. I'm sure then, Sean, Sean was listening. I'm sure he'll tell me. <laughs> and then in one way or another, he becomes like another orphan again. And he's left alone without his touchstone. Yes. Once upon a time was Uncle Ben. In this story, he loses Aunt May. And then he has to decide, am I going to do what I was raised to do what I, that I know is the next right thing? Or do I just indulge myself? And I mean, there was so many layers of what he had to choose, right? Yes. I mean, so, in, in this one, though, I mean, after he loses Aunt May, he, he makes that decision that he's going to kill the guy. He does. Right. And he's he, ready he makes to, that decision. And, and, and Tom Holland beats crap out of him, and he's about to stab him. And, you but know, his own Defoe just came in and picked up own, exactly but where that's he, what he, he nailed it. His yes, own exactly conscious came back, comes back into his life as a different Peter, right? Yes. yes. So you give yes. McGuire to step up and be like, yeah, you really don't want to do this because I've been there. You know, I did it. Yeah. It learned from my mistakes. And you know, and that that was what but was and, there. And what I think was great about that, how that happened in that story is there was like no words between those two characters at that moment. No. Toby McGuire was just there as the presence in Tom Holland's life saying like ghost of like, Christmas past. You're in pain. Yes. Yes. You're in pain. You have every right to that pain. Well, you Christmas should be in pain right future. now, but you can't kill him. Right. That's not you. That's not who we are. I'm glad there were no words. I'm so glad it was, there were it no was. words. It was better. I found it much more powerful. With yeah. in, like, film, in film in general, yes. there's a principle of silence. The less dialogue you have, the less dialogue you can get away with it, do it. Because you're telling a visual story. Right? I can see that. That's what they did. Like, Think about the beginning of Up. Zero dialogue. Zero dialogue. Oh my god! Most heartbreaking five minutes. Why would you make me think uh, about uh, most hard, <laughs> But that's the that's the power of, of visual. The visual of and that's that's stories. why Pixar is great with yes. this. Yes, I'm right. crying. You're crying. Think about the Toy Story, Toy Story three, or Toy Story. Yeah. Oh, whenever they're the yeah, burner, the accelerator. Oh my god! <laughs> I bawled like a baby. You know what? My daughter's having to console me. I'm sorry. Sorry. Wow. But I'm gonna have to put some meat in there. That's oh, okay. Um, but I mean, it, it's just, it shows you the power of the visual. Yeah. And, you know, comics are there too. And you can do it in comics really well mm. because usually you can just have that, it, it's that pause in that second. Yeah. Right. Of the action. And I haven't read comics in so long. Yeah. But it's just, there, there were too many. So we got this with Spider Man and he yes. goes through these growths and the losses, a common theme. And I think in every. Spider Man. Think about think about how many like how yeah, but this quickly one, those decisions came for him this how time. Quickly. Yeah, but, but for me, this one this one was the most full story out of the whole out of oh, all, yeah. pre- all of the previous Spider Man movies, right? So it, it took off completely exactly at the point where you left on Far From Home. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it took off exactly at that point. But it had the most growth of Peter throughout this entire out of all his adventures, right? He yes. went through everything in this one movie, and then he finished that you it normally off with see in their first movie. Sacrifice. Yeah. He caught it in his third movie. Okay, so going to bring up a point you two brought up earlier with the time travel. When we have time travel, when we have 
um, super uber powerful magics that just fix things. Yes. You know what changes? Nothing. When you use time travel to just fix something, magic to just fix something, millions of dollars to just fix something, you don't grow. Yes. That's one of the things about Spider-Man. Because he's such a grounded character, such a realistic character Mm -hmm. for so many people, his pain is real. His loss is real. His decision not to butcher whoever hurt his family is is real. real. Mm -hmm. Because for any given one of us, if somebody killed my mother, my family, my friends, I live in America. I can absolutely locate a gun and absolutely locate where to go and kill somebody. Yep. You don't have to worry. It's my message to mom. I got it. Well, you yeah, it's, it's, it's on. It's so, on. So in that way, we go back to what you said earlier about this. Spider-Man represents this ideal character we have. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, we're from, we're from Thibodeau. You, you do that shit to a boy from Thibodeau. He got spider powers. Oh, it's over with. Yeah, it would be, like, be like Gator Man. You know, you'd be like, you'd be hanging from a webbing in the swamp with the gators reaching up to get you like you a chicken bone. To, to me, what was cool about this, though, like, yes, you had the, the magic fix all, right? And, By the way, Gators, great. And everybody else, and, and the <laughs> only way. person who still had to deal with the loss and deal with the pain was still Peter. Yeah. Right? Because he was the only one left to remember what and just took place. And all the Peters. The other two Peters, right, Andrew Garfield and Toby Flyers, Peter Parker, they had experienced all that already. Right. And they but, were there to help him through it and in a lot of ways help each other through all they were dealing with, right? And I, I love when – I think they missed somewhat of an opportunity for uh, Toby Maguire, Spider-Man, to have a little more dialogue with Willem Dafoe's. Yeah. Goblin, like I feel yeah. like there could have been just a little bit more there, but it, it worked. I mean, it, it was fine. Yeah, it, and uh, damn, it was great. But it was uh, a beautiful movie. But if you think about all the the growth that everyone did, like even Doctor Strange in there was just like <sighs> Doctor Strange is the real villain. He's definitely his his arrogance is a problem it is a it is his hubris problem. it is his hubris yeah but that's what they told him from the beginning i mean that's the same yes. thing the ancient one told ancient him, one told him. How many, in the first movie how many but times he was, did he need to throw the universe in peril over his i mean he's a dick but he was he was trying to help his friend at first and then it went sideways yeah because he didn't ask the right questions we talked about this a few seconds he's yeah. an I mean, adult you're dealing okay. with a teenager, dealing with a teenager okay. Okay. we need to remake just the remember. universe Remember, all they have to do is not go to the haunted house and you don't have a horror movie. You did say earlier if people made the right if, good decisions, if people, we'd have if people made movies. good decisions. Right. And look, if right. we made right. good decisions, we'd be better off too. We wouldn't We've be made bad decisions. Right <laughs> all these, these suboptimal ones, you know, like not buying Bitcoin. When, yeah. you know. or we should have made, we should have bought Bitcoin. Freaking 20 years ago. None of our decisions that we can recall have ever rewritten the fabric of reality. And that's what we're talking about. Back to ultimate power and stuff. Well, you haven't seen other realities, so how do you know? Yeah, because I I know. Well, first of all, (laughs) let's put the multiverse discussion aside because that's a phenomenal waste of cosmic energy. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. Because think about running like four operating systems at the same time on one computer. Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you do that? That's what's going on in the multiverse. That's the multiverse. That's the multiverse. But one of my biggest criticisms about Spider-Man. 
and this is probably not a popular opinion, he's a big old martyr. All right? We're talking about loss and grief and what he thinks he deserves because of his inaction. Uncle Ben dies because of his actions. Aunt May dies. So he's always feeling like he has to sacrifice himself. He has to sacrifice himself because of what he did or didn't do. So it's a martyr complex. I think he may have a bit of a martyr complex because why is he the one that always has to shoulder the burden of the universe? And he's like a combination of low self-image and a martyr complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he does not think highly of himself at all. No, and again, phenomenal cosmic power. Yes, like and brilliant. Yes, like he's smart as well. That's what. That's the kind of thing. It's like it's this nerdy kid who gets superpowers. Yes, right. And then like it's different from Superman, whose challenge his challenge is morality. Yes, because there's no more powerful character in all of comics, right? But it's his morality that defines him, and it's the challenging of that morality that makes him an interesting hero. So, on that note, I need to bring up before we go, look at your villain arcs with this. Electro has fallen into a a vat of eels, gained his superpowers in this. Right. And then you have have Osborne, who was always, I mean, his goblin side is darkness. Yes. It's the Joker. It's the Jekyll Hawk. It's Jekyll Hawk. It's Jekyll Hawk. Yes. And that side can corrupt anybody and it corrupted Electro and it Sandman decided to go along with, with it, it because he just wanted to get back to his daughter. Yeah. Now, he had a look simple at motivation. As, look at that simple motivation uh, corrupted by one's power. And he would do whatever it takes and he has the get, power to get back to his to daughter. To do just that. Yeah. Just, I don't care about anything else. This is my goal. Yes. All right. That That's a whole arc in and of itself. It's if if all you're gonna think of the damage, I think if all if I had to give it a knock, he might have been the only character that and and, and lizard to a certain extent they were just kind of there. Yeah, they didn't have yeah, as yeah. deep of an arc as the other as, three. I'd agree with that. But oh. he didn't need a deep arc for Sandman and Lizard. He just felt like he was kind of there. Yeah, he was. I, more I think, of a, but you had to have more of a tie it into threat the, than anything else. You had to tie it into the Andrew no, Garfield, Andrew Garfield universe. Yeah, and, and was it? The, but the, if you watch the Andrew Garfield movies, you understood the history behind the lizard. Yeah, and then you understood the history behind Electra. And somewhere in the movie, the lizard did talk about just wait and see, like something like everybody always he's disappoints an you. He's, he's an, an opportunist. opportunist. Every like. The lizard was like that voice. <laughs> yeah, this is my choices. I can die or cooperate with you. Well, I'm going to cooperate with you till dying is no longer on the table. Then I'm going to do what I want to do. Electro is an interesting arc because think about him. He's he's Peter Parker. He falls into a vat of eels. He, vat of eels, aka bit by a radioactive spider. Right. Gained superpower. Was a dirty is. Yeah, unpopular guy. Gains all this power or whatever. And he's one in this story, at but least. What he wanted was to be human again. Because at the end of Spider-Man, uh, the other one, yeah, she does, that's Spider-Man what she does. Um, it, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2. He, he dies because he's like, just poof, like bunch of energy, right? Right. So he wanted to be human again. And then he got human. Then he said, well, hold on. I want my power. Because he misses his power. So it's the temptation of the power. And he's the one that keeps choosing the power over itty-bitty living things. Yeah. As an ear, grab an arc reactor. Well, you know, it's just like, oh, your hand. Well, there you go. 
So in that way, I thought that was really cool. How like no electro, you do I'm gonna keep choosing power if it's available to you. Oh, Doc Ock, of course, always with heroes and villains and legends. There's always a redemption arc. Okay. Yes, he Doc was the, the biggest redemption arc because it was like he was just driven mad by his condition, right? His so condition. Think about him like a what is it? Uh, multiple personality disorder yes. or schizophrenia. Yes, Anybody with untreated mental health condition. Yes. Yeah. We love them. They're great. They're good people. But then whatever it is, think about with addiction. All right. They get it gets its hooks into them and they're like, damn, don't do it. Damn, don't do it. Damn, don't do it. All right. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of dealing with you, Dr. Yeah. Ock. I'm not going to deal with you anymore. And so he's, yeah. <laughs> like he's that character. Yeah. Or, um, or, uh, Bane. Yes. Or um, who's another good one that used a lot of drugs? Uh, Angel Dust from the original X-Men comics. Like she actually had to do math. And she got superpowers. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That was Dazzler? Super- I don't remember. Angel Dust. Angel Dust was the actual character's name. Yeah. They even named her after Matt. Of course. <laughs> well, no, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Like, that did. was now in, in Deadpool, she didn't, she didn't have that that particular crotch, and it was Gina oh. Carano, who I love. Yes. Oh, um, she was the super strong and yes, vulnerable yes. one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Great character. And Colossus was like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, like, Doc Doc is this whole, I'm evil for a reason not because i'm necessarily choosing and it but because I think, I think his his was a really good villain in spider-man 2 i actually enjoyed his character yeah. in that movie it was just really well done and that's the thing that those first two movies did they gave us really good villains yeah acted really well by really good actors yeah like willem dafoe you can't like come on like, William Defoe. G- g- yeah like just like give me an ian mckellen or you know uh uh, John DeLancey or, you know, like yep. John DeLancey's cute yep. to me is still one of my favorite sci-fi characters Yeah, because of the, the spunk and the panache he brought to that role. Um, so, I mean, you, you have all this and it's just the psychology behind them. is just so interesting because you see things in your life, right? And they helped you as a kid. And then now I'm saying this, we, we go to if we were younger. Like when we were 18, 19, 16, right. we would identify more with Peter and what he was going through. Yes. Now with this movie, I identify more with Happy <laughs> yes. and more with Doctor Strange, Strange, especially because now it's like, as an adult, you see the bigger picture, right? Yep. You know that sometimes you got to swallow your pride at work. Sometimes you got you to gotta take one for the team or, you know, do this because you know that you can't screw this up. Yes. Like it's a big project, or it's a, a critical point in 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 a in a business deal, or yes. a sale, or a product development, or whatever. Yes, you know whatever you're doing, or in someone's mental health treatment, you need to. Sometimes you got to get yelled at, right? Yep, get a tongue lash. And like, think about the character Doctor Strange. What if he would have just said, "No, you got to deal with this." What if he would have just been that wise adult, you know, grandfatherly, fatherly, parental figure, however you want to cut it, where it was just like Aunt May? Mm-hmm. No. No. Yeah, he was almost the opposite. Yes. He indulged Peter. He was an enabler. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, but that in the same crisis. time, but that's part of his personality. Yeah. Doctor Strange, he likes the challenge. He does. He likes the challenge. And he likes to be important. <laughs> well, I mean, look at his cape. Like we said, it's hubris. He's the only yes. guy that wears a cape. Yeah. He's it. He's the only one with a cape. Um, he's a very irresponsible adult. 
Yeah. But he he usually is able to pull it off, but we just happen to get the movie around the times he does. Right. So, I mean, you know, that's what makes him a good character because you're catching Doctor Strange at the times he makes bad decisions. Yeah. And then I think we're going to see with Multiverse of Madness, a Doctor Strange who made all the bad, all the selfish decisions. I'm interested to see that. Um, if it's anything in the realm of what we saw in What If, is going to be good. Power unchecked by morale. Going to be real bad. <laughs> and we're, get, we're getting Shumagorath. Yep. One of the most annoying characters to play against on Marvel vs. Capcom. Fantastic. So Fantastic. If you get good with him, you can get good with him. So... And that's the recurring thing with Spider-Man. Because look, in the Spider-Man stories, we talk about Uncle Ben. Then we talk about in, uh, what was it, Andrew Garfield's universe. It was Gwen Stacy. Yes. And now yeah. in this one, it's Aunt May and Tony Stark. And like death and this loss is, is this recurring thing for Spider-Man. Yeah. But well, I feel like Andrew Garfield got his redemption by being able to save MJ, spoiler, yeah, that, this that, time. That, yes. I mean, that was a that redemption for him. the mental hole that was in his character. Right. So he got his redemption there, too. And that's growth. And, and, just to, and like, Toby McGuire and Toby got, got to get his. Because he was able to stop Peter from making the mistake that he made. And he was also able to yes. help save uh, Osborne. Yes. Yeah. In the end. You know, because yes. they, they made the cure for everybody else. And they were able to distribute that cure to Osborne. So he was able to save Doc Ock and Osborne, and it, it was that was redemption for him there too. Uh, on the mental health side, I really like that Doc Ock and the Green Goblin slash Osborne. There actually was a way to fix them. <laughs> yeah, like they're evil. They're actually we, it's it's a neurological thing. They need this medicine. All right, now yeah, you see some Zola. Well, I mean, <laughs> literally, he literally just, Zola. Well, I mean, Doc Ock, you basically just took him out of having like, uh, like if you duct taped earphones to his head and like they were always playing music and talking. Yes. Like if you took that off, that's he, the equivalent of what he you had, did. He yes. had Baby Shark on a 24-hour loop. Yeah. So, and right. he just pulled and it so out of his ear. Let's take a I, would be, I would be so homicidal. And I, well, and think about, in the way I was looking at Doc Ock, I think about when we're talking about the brain, I'm talking prefrontal cortex and limbic system. Okay. And so the limbic system works on automatic. Uh, fight, flight, uh, horny, hungry, uh, all those kind of automatic responses we do. Um, I call it, it's the guy in the back of the bus that never missed a day of school. Mm -hmm. He's always there. He's reliable. He knows where to go from here to here in his little small town. But he's an idiot. Okay? Because whenever <laughs> he gets too worked up or too much is going on, he just, you know, he picks up the chair in the classroom and he throws it out the window. Yeah. Right? He just freaks out or he freezes up or <laughs> runs away. Yes, that. That's what Doc Ock constantly does. His forearms, like somebody slightly gets in his way, I'll kill you. Uh, uh, all right, that's not He's just one. agitated the whole time. That's yeah. He's like in a constant state he's, of just uh, agitating. He's a constant. Uh, yes. That's, and he's got this little short temper. And once somebody like slightly gets in his way, you affronted me. I must destroy you and all of your family. I like that's not reasonable. You're I, supposed to be a genius. I actually, I just kind of sympathize I, I'm with him a little bit right now. Like that right now. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the limbic system reaction to that distress. Yes. yes. All right. And they fixed the computer chip that connects him to his arms. Yes. And then his prefrontal cortex and the rest of his brain comes in. And that's the part that says, no, this isn't a reasonable response. Yes, I'm angry about it, but 
I don't need to kill you. That's really actually not the next best thing I need to do. Um, yeah, we need to work together to try to solve this and try to help each other out. And like, that's a great example of somebody who, when they finally get balance, not by force of will, but by medical or biological intervention, they get the surgery. They get the surgery done. Yeah, yes, they they finally got the surgery done. They finally got on medicine, or they finally did. Now the Green Goblin is a get get your bipolar meds. Oh, geez, situation. Okay, so I know that one. Get your bipolar meds. Get it right. Get your meds. (laughs) By the way, this is your mental health uh, (laughs) PSA for the day, folks. Get your bipolar meds. Get it set. Get it. Get it set. Get a good team. Yes. Know thyself. Start low. Yeah, that's right. Start low dose. No miracle cures here. Yeah. Start low dose. Do not. Anyway, we don't need Spider Man swinging and stabbing you with a syringe. No. Okay. No. We don't have that in the real world. We have Haldol, and that would just knock you out until they try to figure something else out. We're gonna get there. I think. I think we're gonna get there. I'll jump off the stairs and stab him with a syringe if you need me to. (laughs) (laughs) We're better than we were. So progress. Thanks to me. Yay. Because I was on everything. Yes. Actually, Prozac was the only thing I did not take. Believe it or not. Huh. Yeah. I asked my mom about that. I was like, "Did I take Prozac?" She was like, "No." Damn. Oh yeah. Why not? What about antibiotics? Uh, probably because they thought. Probably because I actually had a good doctor who thought that it might have been dangerous to give a kid Prozac, which had nothing but bad effects on children. Like it made. Yeah, it was a bad. It made everyone crazy. Like Whoa. it actually caused more problems than it. Anyway, we won't wait for that. We won't know. Um, but anyway, but so those two are great examples of how actual like some type of medical intervention. Now again, they do it in a high school laboratory in this movie. But again, who cares? Yeah, right? who cares? It's who cares, a movie. Right? It's a movie. But it, we're talking about superheroes. The scene. The scene was more for comedy than for. We're doing science. Yeah. We're gonna science this. Up. Yes. You know, and that was scene. well done. Actually, been a good theme song for the montage but like yeah like a training montage song, yeah, but yeah. a science montage yep. we're fixing problems montage okay but for those two i thought that was a really good touch on um an ideal of mental health intervention yeah um electro and sandman no those weren't that, that's not those mental health conditions those two knew what they wanted yes absolutely and they knew the moral quandary Dealing with that, like, uh, but they still uh, made the decisions to do what they were going to do, no matter what. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do because I have the power to do it. And think about that then in the real world when we start talking about the psychology of a person. If in my little pond or in this great big world, if I have the resources or the ability to do what I want to do and have minimal consequences for it, then I will do it. Unless I have some other mitigating factor, internally or externally, right? I will do it. But if you have your Alfred, or if you have your, your Aunt May. May, or if you have your Ned, if you or have your Ned, your Wong, if you have your Wong. Your Wong. Wong is. It, I think so- if Wong would have stuck around instead of just <laughs> again and leaving, maybe none of this shit would have happened. Or maybe Wong knew it would happen. And had to I mean, he out. is the new oh, God. supreme. And now we get into the reading of the time streams and. Understanding he time is the connection of Supreme, oh. and he literally is the one who was like, I hate time travel, you guys screw it up. Uh, yeah, 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 he literally was. And I can but, understand why he would now be bitter. And the I ancient, the ancient ones, like he actually listened to the ancient ones' lessons. Yeah, yeah, he took notes <laughs> but, despite not having a photographic memory. But 
So mitigating factors yes. and dealing with people. Um, our, our growth comes not because something gets fixed. We grow from loss and the We grow from screwing shit up. Yes, the consequences of our decisions. If you want to keep somebody from growing, keep stopping them from dealing with their consequences. And that's why, like, when you have people who never, as children, didn't experience a whipping or a loss, a loss, or, or the a, failure of or, their best efforts, or were just all, all of their screw ups when they did bad things, they never got the proper punishment as a child. Yeah. They get older and then they screw up in ways that cost serious. Oh, I mean, yeah. And it's almost in a lot of ways, you know, like like drinking and driving. Like that's a that's a good one, right? That's when we've all That's what everybody in South Louisiana has done. Absolutely. But then there's those people that's who a- never learn after the first time. Don't do it. And they keep doing it, and they keep doing it, and they keep doing, doing it, it until they finally get into that wreck that kills them. Or somebody I, else. We know a person. Yep. Six, I think it was seven wrecks total. Yep. Killed four people. The seventh one, finally it was it. Here we go. So, you know, it, it, it's, it, and these are good moral lessons, too, getting these stories on screen. Yes. For a younger generation. Because they're not always going to read the comics that are going to... The comics themselves are not what they used to be. Right. Right. The, yeah. the storytelling in the comic books has gone down while the storytelling on screen has gone up. And not it's actually the inverse of that. Yes. It was the inverse of when we were kids. Because yeah. when we were kids, the stories in the comics were amazing. Yeah. But the stories on screen just never translated. And maybe we're looking back with some nostalgia on that. Rose colored glasses. Uh, no, I'm pretty, sure, all, I'm pretty sure I could go read like House of M or Asteroid M or all those arcs and still be like, cool. Because I could go yeah. back. I went back yeah. and I read, we read Infinity War. Remember this? We've all read it. You told me to read it before watching Avengers and I did. Yeah. And it was still good. Yeah, it was. It was. Because that, that scene with Cap. Yeah. Yeah. That they actually did translate to the movie. Yeah. That was good. Still one of the best. So, but. Under, yeah, understanding character growth. Spider-Man's a great example of character growth. Yeah. Um, I just wish they would stop resetting the timeline and let him grow to be an yeah. adult like they did in some I think the next thing for him is, is he going to be the one that leads the Avengers now? Right? Because, like, well, I mean, they don't even know who he is anymore. Dun, dun, dun. Right. So, but I mean, like, I think, I think you've got, and, and what I, I just want so much more of Captain Falcon. Like, I just, I want that so bad. Well, that movie's coming good. out. So, I mean, it's, yeah. good. But, uh, it's in the making. And so. yes, I'm going to say Captain Falcon because it's much cooler. It's like, Falcon Punch. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's just, it, Anthony Mack has just done an amazing job. And his Captain America with Spider-Man. Yep. I want Deadpool, Spider-Man, and Wolverine in the movie. Well, maybe this is one of those examples of where we need to be patient and let Marvel do what Marvel and do. Disney and the team. Yeah. I'm actually really excited let's, for let's just let Marvel do for Venom, yeah. for Venom yeah. coming into the, the MCU the prime universe. And it's not, even, it's not even going to be Tom Hardy's stuff, which I'm disappointed in. It needs to be Tom Hardy. But it's not. It's not. I mean, the it's symbiote, not what we saw. Well, he left again, the symbiote cool. behind. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. we get a whole new well, Venom at I, this point. I don't think you can. No, I didn't say, I didn't see Let There Be Carnage, but Woody Harrelson as Carnage. I actually, I saw that. I was like, that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's a perfect all that. Now, I will say this. Wh- okay, so let me ask you this. What can they do with Venom? 
at this point. It yeah, is that, a, that is something for another show. Yeah, yeah. Right. Lots, lots. Right. lots. All right. Oh yeah, we're not. Yeah, we we're this is gonna be a long one, guys. So uh well look, we yeah. had the brain with us, so he did uh I I, I do he did the brainy things. Extend time. But, thank y'all for yeah. having me. Oh thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Uh, we'll have you back to talk appreciate more it. brainy stuff. We, I look forward and to psychology it. and yeah. Of talk some mental health shit. Various things. But, but all right guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Um I hope we didn't spoil too much for you because we really didn't give a whole lot about the movie we away. Don't, you know better. So, you know uh, better listening to We us. warned you before we started. So, That's true. You know, thanks for joining us. Uh, deuces. Yeah. Peace. Uh,